Hey, business owner, did you know that over 4.2 billion people are active on social media now? That means if you want to connect with your customers and find new ones, you need social. Hootsuite is the must-have tool for managing and growing your business on social. You can schedule content, publish posts, and track your success all in one place. Millions of businesses around the world are already using Hootsuite. Now it's your turn. Go to Hootsuite.com slash 30 free to start your free trial and get 50% off your first year. That's H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash 30 free for a free 30-day trial and 50% off your first year. ToplessRobot.com presents... Dude, Luke, the printer's still busted, man. What the fuck? How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 114 of the Topless Robot Podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm Tyler. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we are without uh, Dan and Kaylin this week uh, for uh, reasons uh, I know on one and don't on the other. Well, maybe they're connected. I they think, may uh, be connected. I honestly <laughs> like the original uh, theory that Brooks has uh, absorbed all three of them. Or two of them. Like, uh, um, yes, yes. Brooks is all three of them. <laughs> all three of them. So, as people uh, suspected, uh, I finally got my uh, Super Mario Brothers game and watch. Nice. Ooh, oh, cool. And it's really clever. It's a little. It's a really clever little thing. Um, the screen is like really high quality. Uh, and oh, that's cool. it's just nice. Like, it, and it has the entirety of, uh, Super Mario Brothers one and two on it. Uh, Japanese Mario Brothers two, not American Mario Brothers two, uh, as well as, uh, Game and Watch Ball, which is fine, I guess. So like, I guess, uh, that was the first Game and Watch that they ever released. Um, Have you ever seen, seen the commercials of the old Japanese Game and Watch commercials? They're weird. No. <laughs> well, a lot of Japanese commercials tend to be weird. Um, the it's like lame weird. The uh, people who are holding out hope that this will be hacked, uh, it will be hacked. It, it has been hacked. Um, but <laughs> it is not an accessible hack because Aww. the data uh, leads uh, for the USB are not going to the port. So it's got data uh, leads on the board, but they're not going to the USB port. So the USB port is only used for power. So you cannot hack this without soldering. Uh, but hackers have already gotten it to run Doom. <laughs> yeah. How about, how about Skyrim? Yeah. I don't think <laughs> that this is going to run Skyrim. I I trust them. They've gotten it working on a Working on a on a smart refrigerator, I, I believe in them. Smart refrigerators are drastically like multiple times more powerful than this device. All right, maybe they can get Morrowind to work on it. <laughs> this device has like one megabyte of memory. So what you're saying is that it's still more powerful than the Apollo space program. Yes. <laughs> 
but less powerful than your refrigerator. There's something weird. We can send that. a man to the moon, but we can't play Skyrim on our <laughs> Mario game and watch. You know, that is kind of funny. You wouldn't be able to play Skyrim on the <laughs> shuttle at all. Yep. <laughs> You can send it to space, but you can't play fucking Skyrim. <laughs> but yeah, uh, hackers are making progress on this, uh, and uh, I'm following one specifically on YouTube who kind of you know, like went through all of the steps that all the discovery steps basically that he's done. Uh, and uh, while I know very little next to nothing about hardware hacking and stuff like that, I can kind of Frankenstein pieces together for uh, repairs and stuff like that, and fix most common you know. Uh, repairs and in handheld game consoles um i it's way above my head but i love watching like ben heck and uh love you know watching these hardware hackers and do their thing because it's amazing yeah i'm sure that he's probably heard that before (laughs) considering basically he's the original the original guy who, so he's the hacker man. Uh, ben Heckendorn uh, in 2000 um, released or like put out into the wild on the internet a handheld Atari 2600 where you just slept the, the cartridge in the back and everything like that. And it was well designed. It was well thought out. And, and uh, that just became what he became known for. So like people send him rare consoles to repair now and uh, he'll film himself taking them apart and kind of seeing what ticks like how they tick and uh, he'll take the raw video signal out into his oscilloscope and like point out where it is on the oscilloscope and uh, like even with uh frogger for example uh he's frogger on atari he's like pointing on the oscilloscope he goes here you can see the music and sure enough, you can see like the fluctuations in the oscilloscope that line up with what would be the music that would be sending sending out to to a source. It's fascinating stuff that I know absolutely nothing about, but it's still really fascinating to watch. The magic of video games. Yeah, I just play them. <laughs> <laughs> I know zero things about technology. I can put a computer together. Well, I only know history and not, uh, not mechanical specifications. I can put a computer together and I can fix handhelds for the most part uh, and have a, a pretty... I've watched enough YouTube videos to have a pretty good understanding of what, like, when something looks like it's been water damaged, for example, you know, or, or mm. something like that. But But Ryan, can you tell me what we owe each other? We owe each other uh, what we owe ourselves. Decency and forgiveness. Don't think oh, that I was going to say about. PS5s, but... You know. <laughs> no, I don't think we owe each other it, owe, owe each other PS5s because I think they've been stolen by fucking scalpers. Uh, no, nice did you guys see that tweet? The uh, They've been stolen by adults who were able to get them, stealing them from children who cannot have them for Christmas now because all of these inconsiderate adults got them for themselves. Ryan, don't you know that starving children in Africa are playing PS3s? How could you? 
so fucking stupid. <laughs> Each day, a child deals with the red ring of death. <laughs> but for pennies a day, Gamefly will send them better games and <laughs> I didn't realize that Gamefly had started up a humanitarian arm. Gamefly and UNESCO. <laughs> <laughs> They only send copies of Battletoads. <laughs> Look, no, that's just, how you get to, elite gamers right there, is by exactly. forcing them to play Battletoads at an early age. <laughs> now I'm going to call UNESCO. Hey, do you have Battletoads? <laughs> God. So that joke (laughs) uh, in very hot off the press news, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has leaked. Um, Apparently a guy just like went live on Twitch with it like an idiot. I just really quick before you move on, I do appreciate that it almost seemed like you were waiting for (laughs) reaction times there. (laughs) Cyberpunk is leaked. Ah, uh, ah, uh, anybody? Uh, uh. <laughs> um, no man, they didn't make it. They just want to hang out. They just wanted to hang out with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Can't say I blame them. Um, yeah. So uh, someone started streaming it, got their hands on an early copy, and uh, we've seen people taking pictures with the PS4 version in hand. Uh, from warehouses, so apparently it is uh, being shipped out for its uh, release date in, what, two weeks? Yeah, it looks yeah, like uh, we're about two weeks away this... from the release date, so. Very excited about that. I'm, I'm very going to be playing it. Yeah, uh, my uh, roommate uh, Aaron, uh, who, as you know, is the guitarist for the Mini Bosses, Many bosses have been working on new on a new album called Stat Demon uh, for some time now, for the better part of this year. We um, talked about Stat Demon, and uh, Aaron was Aaron and I uh, went for a hike yesterday, and he was telling me uh, that he needs to get his uh, guitar parts finished by December tenth, and it didn't click in my brain at all. And he was like, "Because Cyberpunk comes out on December tenth, and." I it my productivity is going way down once Cyberpunk <laughs> comes out. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be sick. so cool. I've stopped watching anything about it since. Yeah, I'm going to avoid, you know, all all the things. I don't know what I'm going to buy it on at this point. Like maybe PS5 or maybe Series X because Series X is the more powerful hardware or maybe PC because my PC is the most powerful hardware in the house. I just I just want to point out this is the, the probably the most first world problem I have ever heard of in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have to purchase seven different copies of the same game. Oh my. <laughs> I'm not sure which one. Why not uh, eat all of them? <laughs> I feel I do not have enough champagne to fill my Olympic swimming pool five times a week Look, anymore. I didn't buy the new console generation on launch day for both because I wanted them. I did it because champagne. I had to in order to be able to talk about them. 
Mm, it's going to be a rough Christmas this year. Unfortunately, <laughs> I cannot afford to purchase an extra copy for my butler. <laughs> <laughs> Thieves will have to continue playing on his PS4 like any other uh, plebeian, unfortunately. Fucking plebs. <laughs> oh, you have to use your hands. <laughs> Baby's toy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jasmine says that's his excuse for everything he buys. I mean, really, though, I just need to actually start making videos and all the things that I get so I can, like, do proper journalism. Uh, Make them for videos game. I pretend to be a proper journalist all of the time. I just don't actually end up doing anything with it. (laughs) I have a ton of footage collected from the new systems for comparison shots. Uh, So I've got a video in the works. I can officially say it's in the works because I've actually captured footage. But uh, we'll see where that goes. You might be the first actual person to, you know, release data or release those screenshots into the wild, considering I'm still 99% sure that you are, you might be the only person that has these consoles. <laughs> Apparently you've not been on YouTube recently. <laughs> I think it's all lies. Kind of like birds and 5G. And I sent out a request uh, to Microsoft to uh, send me a uh, Surface Duo so I can do like a, a folding screen approach you know, kind of summation since I got the the razor. Uh, and uh, I can't imagine why they didn't take me seriously and send me <laughs> a fucking $1,500 handset for review. Um, but so Go instead, through. I'm just going to be doing it like uh, a, a video that's covering the one piece of tech, folding tech that I can get my hands on, which is my own personal one. I like to imagine that you sent an email to them and they just took the time to reply back. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> they did <laughs> they did take the time to reply back. They just said, Can you give us details? And like gave me, you know, these these things that they needed information on and like a deadline. And I was like, well, ideally I'd like to get something out before Cyber Monday. Uh so my deadline is November fifteenth. And I have not heard anything back from them. So uh, it's safe to say I will not have my hands on a Microsoft Surface Duo anytime soon. Maybe it's in the mail, Ryan. Never say never. Uh, But uh, from what I've heard from uh, other Tyler, who is now using a Surface Duo as his daily phone, it's great when it works. And when it's not automatically answering calls while it's closed. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you should do a joint video with him. <laughs> and then shit. He on would it never he finish. would never agree to be on screen. Tag Microsoft in the video of you guys shitting on the phone. And <laughs> just be like, this, this is, is what you get when you don't send me free shit. <laughs> and then just like slap something over you guys. I mean, really, I I just want to do like kind of a comparison of the different uh, approaches that different companies are taking to this because like foldable tech is the new is the next horizon. Right. It's clearly, you know, it was bigger phones and bigger phones and higher resolutions and greater pixel densities and then higher refresh rates. And now it's foldable tech because you can't really tell hugely 
from one generation of Samsung's flagships to the next, there aren't drastic changes. Um, yeah, just little things. Yeah, everyone's doing the candy bar style and has been for over 10 years at this point. And uh, so now foldable tech actually uh, throws in an interesting, you know, new new slash old way of interfacing with our our technology and interfacing specifically with something that we interface with on a daily basis. Like your phone is probably, you know, like the closest thing to a virtual assistant that you have, right? Like it's the thing that if many times throughout your day, you're just going to ask Navi what's going on. Um, but, uh, you know, so the, different ways that different companies are are approaching the same solution i think is really interesting because like microsoft isn't even going foldable display they're going like this is a book and which achieves effectively the same kind of thing but uh is also very different in in the way that they're achieving that I'm still waiting for those uh, slappy bracelet phones that they showed. Yeah, the God, video, that was like from 2010, right? <laughs> like that was a long time ago. And I remember it, that being the coolest idea. Just like you take the phone out. It's a it's a watch now. You take it up, you stretch it out. It's a phone. Like, honestly, <laughs> we're getting there because seriously, I, I've fucked around with this. And I'll probably go into greater detail uh, if I ever make a fucking video on it. But like, so this state, the display stays open for a while. So you can kind of do one of these. And it's just this weird sort of sensation to scroll up through a bend like that. that right? Is weird. I, don't, I feel oh, that is kind of weird. I feel kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> and honestly, so uh, this is the second generation razor, so it doesn't have. So one of the problems with the first generation razor was that when it closed, um, this portion of the screen where it bends would kind of pop out a little bit. And this doesn't do that like pretty much at all but you can still wedge something under there so i i took a card and just kind of put it underneath it doesn't impact the display at all but it shows off how fucking razor thin the display proper is almost like you have a razor yeah right <laughs> hey uh, it's the name of the product. <laughs> it's certainly Leonardo DiCaprio meme here. <laughs> um, but probably the best feature of this thing, and the most entertaining thing, and I can even have it in just in my settings thing is this retro razor. That's so f- weird. Oh my god! Make it play Funky Town. It's. It yeah. reminds me so of when I was being shoved into lockers. We're, we're back in in 2005, or whenever the fuck. When did I have a razor? Yeah, it was about 2005. It reminds me of all the books that were knocked out of my hands. <laughs> the trash cans, the swirlies. Oh god. 
but honestly like spoiler for the conclusion of what that video is going to be this is hands down the best phone i've ever had i just got the uh the pixel 5 which how's that been for you i like it a lot because that's 5g right yeah it's 5g it's got like the nice like full all from like side to side, bottom to top to bottom display with just the pinhole on the top instead of a notch. Okay, sure. And then uh, you know, a nice big old camera back there. It moves really quickly. My favorite part so far, and I know that the battery will I'm sure will start to degrade at some point, but I basically didn't charge it for two days and it <laughs> kept working. <laughs> like I, I, it was down to fifteen percent yesterday after not charging it since the day before in the morning. So I was like, it's "This good. is pretty sweet." And I, like, I've been you know nonstop messing around with it, so it's not like I've not been doing anything with yeah, it. Right. So it feels good. And they got rid of like the ho- the physical space for a home button at the bottom, or not the obviously it was a digital number before. Right but now it's like. That's all the, uh, uh, so it's Android 10. Um, mine does the same uh, where it uses the gestures for uh, uh, closing out an app or cycling through apps and, and stuff yeah. like that is that edge of the screen kind of behavior. Yeah, it's actually Android 11 because the pixels get the first. Uh, oh, is that 11? Yeah, it's 11 and pixels get it first. So. Um, <laughs> that uh uh that feature that navigation style uh was introduced in 10 um because okay. yeah it's so mine has android 10 doesn't have 11 yet but like you know the whole from the side of the screen to go back and then from the bottom of the screen to uh go up and then sliding I- across the bottom of the screen to cycle through apps i like it so much it feels so much better yeah, I it took me some getting used to because I'm I'm used to having those virtual buttons at the bottom and just always, you know, whatever. But uh, I actually like uh, the look as long as you're coming from the edge of something you're intending to do an action uh, and we'll just have the full screen real estate be to apps. And, and I like that. Yeah. And like I had the Pixel 3 XL before. And like it was just so gigantic, like you know, I can't reach my thumb all the way across the phone, and it's just so big. But there's like so much space on that phone where it's being wasted, and it's like the regular Pixel Pixel Five is like way smaller, and I have plenty of it, it feels nicer in the hand. But the screen difference is like almost is minimal, just because there's so much more room for things to be seen. Sure. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah! Nice. And it was cheap for a for a brand new flagship. Yeah, phone. aren't those seven hundred or something? Yeah, it was six ninety five. Like for a five G for a flagship. Yeah, that's like, really impressive. Yeah, considering like the galaxies are all thousand one hundred twelve hundred now, and yep. same with iPhones. Yep. So like basically half off on a pre and I pre ordered it too. So it's like literally I want to you know just got in so. I think we're we're boring Brooks with our uh, phone talk. He has decided to uh, go into a book instead. So, so would you say we owe it to Brooks to stop talking about phones? <laughs> is that what we owe to Brooks? I suppose that is what we owe to Brooks. It's really boring, guys. 
So, um, I've got my new toys and I like them. Okay. (laughs) New tech is, is always fascinating to me. And like, I am an early adopter when I can afford to be an early adopter because I want to see how the shit works. I want to see what, you know, they have in mind and, and what of it works and what doesn't. Uh, and it's, it's just fun. Uh, and honestly, this was a gamble that was fucking worth it. You know, like getting a, a, a razor. It's, I absolutely love it. Nice. What have so. you been up to this week, Brooks? <laughs> oh, you know, just, uh, pushing my hoop with a stick and <laughs> <laughs> kicking the can, uh, down, down the road. You know, I, I had to buy new yarn for for my 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 tin can so I could you know talk to my boss. <laughs> Signal was a little fuzzy. Uh, did you get that new five G thread? Five G? What are you talking about? We'd be we'd be counting. Uh, uh, counting, thread count. yeah, thread count for for signal strength. My 500 thread count. Uh, <laughs> the organic tether. <laughs> no, I just uh, I just worked. I, I had to go to work today, so I've been uh, yeah, I've been at work reading this boring ass book because it's you know it's like oh yeah yeah no problem right I'll be able to get into this it'll be anecdotal. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I just want to point out, Cheedy would be disappointed in you. Cheedy w- would be extremely disappointed in you. Cheedy can go fork himself. <laughs> so, uh, I did finish Ted Lasso. No spoilers, I'm not done. Um, and... I so I recommend to to everyone to at least pick up a trial of Apple TV. I'm not one to usually like shill for Apple or anything like that, but there are a handful of Apple TV uh, originals that are worth that. And one of them is Mythic Quest. Another one is Ted Lasso. And especially right now, I feel like Ted Lasso is the feel good that we need in in the current state of the world you know we're about to we're in the middle of an increasingly worse you know pandemic um and uh uh, ted lasso fortunately steers clear of all of the idiot tropes that make you laugh at someone like I feel like in in the series you're never laughing at someone. You're always laughing with someone. The jokes are always inclusive and and fun. Uh, the setting is interesting and uh, weirdly you said uh, based on uh, an NBC Sports skit that they did like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like all of it is just fun. And that doesn't mean that there's not conflict. There's definitely still conflict, but it is this beautiful, you know, comedic heartwarming kind of thing that subverts your expectations because you're always waiting for things to go horribly wrong because you're so used to comedy at the expense of a character. 
So I have a question. Is this like laughing with me or laughing with the characters actually laughing with the characters or laughing with characters like people say they're laughing with me when they're laughing at me? (laughs) (laughs) No, like legit laughing with the characters or smiling because something like, you know, uh, it's I I found myself smiling uh, a lot watching this show. So it, it's good. It it's fun. I thought it looked really dumb when I when it first was being uh, when it, when I first saw ads for it, especially because I was already salty at Apple TV being a thing. But now, yeah. <laughs> now that it's actually being able to be seen on things that aren't Apple TV, the actual Apple TV yeah, right. hardware, I, I can see the reason for it. That was yeah, no, actually here. <laughs> I was like, how does Apple really think that they're going to make this successful by only being able to use it on the actual Apple TV fucking software or hardware? That was dope. Yeah. um, And I don't even know that that was their original intent. I think I blame my own ignorance on uh, not knowing that it was available on PlayStation platforms for however long that it was. Like, I don't know. It it, it, it hasn't been available all that long, man. Oh, really? We. I think we. I looked for it because I wanted to watch that Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, yeah. Greyhound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it was available at the time. So I remember uh, it when when they were initially like advertising for it. It would always say only on Apple TV. Like it that was always on the ads. Like it was like at the at the bottom. It always said only on Apple TV. So yeah, I don't know how long that has been not yeah i'm not sure yeah but it it also seems like they're taking kind of an amazon approach from a content uh perspective where they've got their originals and then they've also got channels so you can also have your showtime subscription be through apple tv you can have your amc plus your uh cbs anywhere your whatever you know all these different channels that amazon offers are also basically mirrored in the context of Apple TV. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to so. have to check that out. Though it sounds like HBO is going away. HBO is not going to be part of Amazon channels anymore. Uh, I saw that. So I expect it will probably not be a part of Apple TV channels either, if it even is now. Um, it's... I feel like this is a move that they need to make after they fix their bullshit app. Their app is garbage. Like 90% of the time I fire something up, I, you know, tried to watch uh, Obsidian, the new Adventure Time uh, oh, that's right. I uh, forgot thing that came out. out on Thursday. Um, and uh, anytime when I open the HBO Max app, uh, it'll be slow to start. Uh, the audio will be out of sync and it will take no joke and no exaggeration, 10 minutes to back out of the video because it's so bogged down and it, it basically crashes. Uh, it is a worthless app. I don't have that, that bad of a problem with it. It's been terrible, man. It's been absolutely terrible. Inconvenience with like, uh, audio issue every now and then. Uh, it's not nearly as bad as 
fucking Disney Plus, though. Ugh. Disney Plus, like, I've had no problems with Disney Plus, but like ever since HBO Max came out, even like before I had it on my Shield. So Shield would be Android TV. I had it on my Samsung, which is Tizen. So it would be a completely different app that had to be written a completely different way. I had a completely different set of problems where I, you know, would browse, I'd watch something and then decide that I'm done. And when I hit back, it would be basically at an infinite loading screen. It would never go back to the HBO Max dashboard, basically, for me to choose the next thing that I was going to watch. Now on Android, uh, the problems have become even greater. So it's insane. Like their app is 100 percent useless garbage. I actually don't have that many issues with it. My issue is more the usability of it from a like if I'm watching a series, it takes forever for the like at the end of the episode it takes forever to for the thing to pop up and say, check out your watch the next episode. Mm-hmm. You basically have to like fast forward all the way to the end of the credits and then click next episode instead of just being instead of that next episode thing popping up right away. And I'm just like, this is fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah. And then if you actually do hit back, then it takes forever to get back over to the uh, to the episode you were on because the app is just garbage. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But in terms of like actual viewing experience, it's not too bad. It's just it's, I, I just want things I like. I don't understand why companies keep on having issues like this. Get someone to design a fucking usable interface. Yeah. Yeah, because they're all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's a game now, you know. Like, when I sit down, I'm like, okay, what do we hate about this? Oh well, HBO Max has like uh, lots of things on my little shit list of like, man, that's annoying, or like, look, I want to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Peacock's the worst. Is it? I feel like Peacock is Peacock. is one of the easier ones to navigate for me. I haven't fired that one up in a minute though, so. Uh, I don't know. Um, I finished watching what I wanted to see. In. <laughs> I feel like in general, uh, dashboards of apps, like their landing pages, could probably use some work. Uh, and uh, ease of finding the things that, getting to the thing that you want to get to from that lo- that homepage is something that should be a focal point for all of these apps, and it absolutely isn't. No, it's it's promotion. It's promotion of the, right. their products. Yeah, it's like okay, what's the thing that we want our you know our subscribers to watch, and they put that up. And sometimes it's relevant, and sometimes it's not. Like uh, last night, Jasmine and I watched uh, Sarah Paulson's uh, movie Run uh, because it kept popping up as like the promoted thing on Hulu, and. I mean, to be fair, we we enjoyed it. We both like Sarah Paulson. Uh, it's a difficult horror movie to watch, uh, but it's good. Did she run for president? Sarah Paulson? What? No. Oh, you're. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 That was a, that was a five D Brooks joke right there. <laughs> Our, uh, I'm disappointed minds. by that one. We're 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 going with the we're going with the. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, it's been a while since we've used that. <laughs> <laughs> been almost a week. Well, I don't think I got I got cut out of the goddamn podcast last week. My <laughs> internet. 
Twitter. That was so annoying. So uh, everyone's favorite character in Mandalorian is kind of a piece of absolute fucking human goddamn garbage. Yeah, I found that out fittingly on the toilet this morning, so... Wait, Pedro Pascal? No, everyone's favorite character on The Mandalorian is not Mando. It's that fucking badass chick who helped him like in several episodes in the first season. I can't remember her name, even though I just watched Barbara the latest Bicep. episode today. Yeah, it may as well be Barbara Bice. <laughs> Tara Dune. Yeah. She's like she's a piece of shit. She's, she's a fucking garbage. garbage human being. I feel like uh, if any of your cast is uh, ditching Twitter for Parlor, don't hire them. Yeah, that one seems kind of like a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, people are pretty much just wanting to get rid of her. Yeah. Yeah. She's not. Yeah. What sucks is she's a strong female character that's very interesting uh, in the series. It's yeah, she's just that interesting. kind of. Well, she was part of the rebellion. Like, oh, well, yeah, that that part was cool. But I mean, I, all, it's all clouded now for me by the, all this stupid shit. And I look right. At that that's the thing is like her character is sullied like the character itself i think is a great character and it's a really cool character and uh has several stories with mando you know where they're working together and they work together well and it's a shame to see that character sullied by these very loud public statements of the actress who's playing them Yeah, I just try to. Ign- I, I know I've said it a million times before. I'm just ignoring actors for now. Na- for now, they're all they all tend to come out and disappoint me in one way or another. I would rather have someone else be in that role, but at this point. But I mean, who would you put there, right? Like, like who who would you replace her with? Yeah, a new a new character. Give her an out. Let her go join the rebellion. Or the new no, no, no. she's Laura, already Laura. she's already turned down in the latest episode. She's turned down an offer to join the New Republic. Hey, let's let's watch those spoilers because I haven't. That's seen not it a yet. spoiler. It's not a spoiler. I've been busy working. Sitting <laughs> <laughs> in my palace playing my PS12. <laughs> <laughs> it's an offhanded, you know, small character arc thing. Uh, yeah, in in the latest episode, yeah, they should uh, uh, they should just put her in an escape in, in an escape pod in an episode and then blow it up. Because Mandalorian really likes the callbacks to the original and prequel trilogy, just be like, just have it being blown up by a, a like a Death Star or like a, a Star Destroyer, and they'll be like, there are no yeah. life. There are no life signs of aboard the ship. Oh, wait, no, that's fucking stupid. Blow it up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, her. Uh, uh, so uh, Friday's episode was interesting. It was really cool. I loved it. It was very interesting. Um, and it probably gave us the most significant story point. 
La, 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 la. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not breaking it. I'm saying, so like in a series that feels largely comprised of side stories, right? We finally got just one little nugget of major overarching story plot point. Okay, so this is an episode to pay attention to. Absolutely. I mean, they're all, they're all the ones to pay attention to, but sure. I mean, like, specifically. Yes. This is to the core of the whole thing. And it was directed by Carl Weathers. And directed by Carl Weathers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's rad. That's rad. Did you, Brooks, did you see the episode before? Uh, like Last episode week's three? episode. Um, I don't think we did. Zeke's been working a lot of nights and stuff, and we're all three of us are trying to watch it together. But I've decided about five minutes ago when we started talking about this that I'm just gonna watch the <laughs> because, like, I'm not gonna wait for his ass to, to get ready. So I'm, I'm gonna miss out on the whole season if that's the case. <laughs> uh, you so last week was the uh premiere of uh Starbuck in uh her uh fan favorite role where she voiced the same character in Clone Wars and she gets to play the live action version of that same character and she did a killer oh, job. Dirt Benedict is in it. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I just want everyone to Hashtag not my store book. <laughs> I just want everyone to know when that character showed up. I squealed like a little girl. She did a great job. She did a great job. She even looks the part. Like it's perfect. I squealed like a little fangirl. I was so happy. And then they said the word that I've been waiting for them to say. <laughs> That's going to be introduced in this week's Let, episode. Let's have us a Star War. They say that in Tony's shirt pants. I did. I was like, oh my God, they said it. Um, I uh, really like uh, her, the implications of a lot of the things that she said. Uh, and where our scope has been limited by following Mando. And mm-hmm. the implications of what she said is huge. Fucking so, cool, yeah. too. And mm, what'd she say? That she only meant well? Of course <laughs> she did. <laughs> I am, I'm Wait, not going to give anything away. Uh, it's just, uh, just... I promise, I promise, I will have... I will watch... I will catch up, and then I will watch the newest episodes. We can talk about it because I really, really want to. When you realize that, you know, when you when you're introduced to her, and you realize that she is a Mandalorian, uh, and how different she is from Pedro Pascal's character, who we've been following, Jin, you know, Jin Darden. It's uh, a stark difference in. You know, the portrayal, uh, like our understanding of Mandalorians is through the goggles that we've been in, you know, since episode one, season one. And seeing that tribe underground, only one of them can ever be above ground at a time, you know, that kind of shit. Uh, And it's it's a a real shakeup. It's a real interesting shakeup. It's really fucking cool. Watch it. 
Everyone who hasn't watched it, everyone needs to watch it. And if you want to know great... more about... Go on. Everyone, every, if, if you want to know more about her character, go and watch fucking Clone Wars and watch Rebels and just join me in the absolute glee that I am feeling every week when I watch these episodes. Because holy <laughs> shit. Like, this is... I've... Oh, my God. Like, ah! It's, it's so good. It's so good. And it makes my dreams come true. And this week's going to be even better. And oh, Dave Filoni. Just Dave Filoni <laughs> and John Favreau need to just, you know, take over all Star Wars from yeah. here on to infinity. Like, they just, you know, it just. There was a time when I. Uh, uh, if J.J. Abrams was tied to a thing, I was convinced i was in right so they give star trek to jj abrams and i go all right fuck yeah this will be cool i watched the first one like yeah that was awesome and then i didn't care anymore (laughs) and then they gave star wars to jj abrams i'm like yeah all right all right maybe I didn't give the tiniest bit of a shit when when it all came down and and movies started coming out. If they gave the reins to John Favreau at this point, I think I would be a Star Wars fan again. Yes, he is. John Favreau knows the right people and like Dave Filoni is in there as well, just because like Dave Filoni is the literal. I don't know if you guys have watched the behind the scenes of Mandalorian, but Dave Filoni is a fucking Star Wars nerd and John Favreau knows it and just uses that. And it's so good. It's so it's fucking hilarious. Oh, shit. Oh, that reminds me. Um, Any of you guys watch Kim's Convenience? Uh, yes. Um, did, you, did you guys notice that Appa was in uh, the second episode of this season? As no, an I, I am not actively watching it. I have watched it before. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, so the, the guy that plays the, the dad in that show is the biggest Star Wars nerd that they actually used his costume on screen because it was it was like it was like better than what they had. That's fucking cool. It's <laughs> great. They, they gave him. They gave him to use instead of his helmet. They gave him the original one that Wedge used in uh, in the in the original show. That's awesome. And he just he melted. It was great. That's amazing. Hell yeah! yeah there's, dude. A, there's a viral thing going around from the behind the scenes of um, of Mandalorian where Dave Filoni just waxes poetic about the prequel trilogy. And it was going around when it first came out, but it's just it basically just like, did did Dave Filoni just make the prequels good? Because <laughs> he just goes on and on about how like the beauty of the story of Anakin's fall and all of this stuff. And it's like you just listen to like, oh, those movies should have been a lot better than they are. <laughs> so maybe the fault isn't in the story. The fault is in Hayden Christensen being garbage. And then George Lucas not being able to write actual scripts. <laughs> also, Mandalorians. Whatever sells more action figures. Uh, and uh, not a spoiler. They're back. Yeah. <laughs> but In they count. they intentionally re- uh, avoided saying the words 
the word midichlorians in this latest episode of uh, Mandalorian. Uh, what did they say? Compound M? They say M levels. Or M levels. M- that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Like, but you know, you know what they're talking about. <laughs> yep. But it's amazing. The episode, even with it. Yeah. Watch it. Watch it. Ooh. Speaking of fun things that came out this week. Animaniacs. Yes. It's so oh, yeah. good. It's so good. I Did have seen so no, many. Yet, but you guys talk about it. I have okay. seen so many opinion pieces uh, about like, okay, uh, look, Animaniacs is a product of the 90s and they keep using crazy and zany and these things. I'm like, look, fucking get over yourself. Crazy and zany and shit like that. Like, that's not ableist. Like, look, I consider myself an SJW, but there are points where you can go too far with this ableism bullshit. Uh, Crazy has been used in a minified capacity uh, so much uh, as to steal, you know, any legitimacy behind calling someone crazy. Uh, And I understand that probably a lot of women have felt like they have been minified because some, you know, piece of shit boyfriend of theirs called them crazy or whatever. Uh, Like, these are different things. They they can coexist. Uh, that dude who called you crazy, yeah, he's a piece of shit. These Yakko brothers and their sister Dot, uh, these Warner brothers and their sister Dot, can also be crazy, and it can not, you know, minimize your experience in life. But like that's that's the op ed that I read was like they're using these, you know old tropes that worked in the 90s that don't work anymore and I'm and I'm like did we watch the same fucking thing because this is fucking great I only watched the first episode their trunk shit is so on point I oh my god I just found myself singing along with the theme song and just having unmitigated glee about the constant self awareness of what they're doing with the show (laughs) yeah because the whole thing like they you know do this kind of like return you know song and uh they stop and acknowledge that they're writing it in 2018 so they don't know if trump is still president or not Like what? So what? What do we, what do, we do? Well, let's just wildly let's speculate. Hey, we populated Mars, and we did this and that, and yeah, <laughs> so good. it's fucking live great. Under, live underground and have to eat. <laughs> All food is made in bars. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, so I have not watched all thirteen episodes yet. I've only watched the first. Uh, I've watched the first three or four, I How think. How many episodes are, are out? 13. Okay. And they're, they're all like, what, like... Uh, what's About half format? hour, like 20, 20 23, 22 minutes long. Um, and they all, at least the ones that I've watched so far, have followed the same uh, kind of pattern of uh, Warner hijinks, 
uh, Pinky and the Brain interlude Warner hijinks. I have yet to see the return of Rita and Runt. I have yet to see the return of Slappy the Squirrel or, you know, any of these uh, the beloved Animaniacs or Good, Fe- good Feathers or, or any of these beloved Animaniacs do they, characters. Do they have Good Idea, Bad Idea yet? Not yet, no. Oh, I love Good Idea, Bad Idea. I think about that all the time. <laughs> good Idea. Bad Idea. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm so nostalgic watching that first episode. Just... Yeah, I mean, oh. they killed it. They absolutely killed it. I loved watching um, uh, Maurice LaMarche posted a video of him in the recording room uh, with the orchestra uh, for uh, Animaniacs. And it's just so rad to see. Like, it's it's it feels like home. And it feels like it aged with us. And is making all the relevant jokes. It feels great. And Freakazoid is coming back on uh, Teen Titans Go. Freakazoid. And And Tiny Toon Adventures is coming back as well. It's the Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh, my God. Now I've got all the fucking songs floating through my head. I might be useless for the rest of this podcast. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. We're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little little loony. loony. And in this cartoony, we're invading your TV. (laughs) Fuck. Comic inspectors. Ah, no, I can't remember. We crack up all the sensors. Tiny Toon Adventures is a dose of comedy. So here's Acme Acres. It's a whole wide world of art. Our home sweet home, it stands alone. A cartoon work of art. Expect the... Expect the... I can't remember all of it. Welcome to Topless Robot Poorly Sing 90s. <laughs> we tried to remember 90s cartoon theme songs. <laughs> That'd actually be a fun little game show. Like <laughs> you have to sing. Oh, tip to hum the SWAT Cats theme. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will now play the theme from Street Sharks on an instrument I've never touched before. (laughs) The theme for Street Sharks on the vibraphone. (laughs) I I can't even tell you what the Street Sharks theme song is anymore. Yeah, uh, I have it all downloaded, though. So Mm -hmm. Street Sharks. That's going to come back. Yeah, uh, biker mice from Mars. Yeah, can we, get, can we get SWAT cats and gargoyles, please? Hey, SWAT cats, SWAT cats was my shit. That was SWAT like the blast. Uh, I was like time yeah, traveling wizard, Mighty Ducks. <laughs> okay, that one was okay. That was Mighty okay. Ducks was good. I, I didn't watch a lot of the Disney animated ones. I mean, gar- everyone watched gargoyles, but like, yeah, gargoyles is amazing. Bad- there's only a certain amount of time I had to broker my cartoon viewing as a kid, so you, I just kind of missed some stuff in 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 search of others. But I mean, you know, Doug and and uh, Killer Tofu. No allowance, you lady. Um, as much as a Disney file as I am and have always been weirdly enough I didn't watch a lot of the Disney 
cartoons either. Like I did, I never watched. I watched a little bit of Gargoyles. Like Tailspin, like, Ducktales. Yeah. Tailspin is so good, and that fucking theme song. Hey, Tailspin, Tailspin. It's it's all about that Ducktales theme. Fucking, I hear well, that. Well, obviously, yes. I hear that bass line. I'm just like, oh, I know what's coming. <laughs> uh, and the DuckTales um, oh, Bonkers uh, <laughs> Bonkers yeah totally nuts Bonkers no ifs ands or buts but bonkers Someone stealing well, the show me, uh, Using the term bonkers Is in fact ableist <laughs> And you should not use uh, reference That cartoon anymore uh, I have a one-of-a-kind painting of uh, Bonkers singing with his shower head uh, from that the intro of Bonkers uh, that Jasmine painted for me that is hanging in my bathroom next to my shower. Oh, that's awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, um, so that statement, but like a one of kind, one of a kind fo- drawing, and I drew it myself, and it's like a statement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys heard that uh, Darkwing Duck is coming back. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. They better keep the theme song exactly the way it is. Well, and I would have felt the same going into Ducktales, but I'm happy with the homage that we ended up with. Uh, yeah, for the the current theme song for Ducktales, also David Tennant as Scrooge McDuck is life. I love it so much, man. We're getting a lot of these re- remakes from. <laughs> Hooray for being part of the part of the uh, marketed to generation right now. Yeah, <laughs> so like. Part of it, part of it is great because like these are things that we remember from our childhood, and they get to be updated, and like that's fun and all. But like, how much original new shit is coming out? Like, we don't have Saturday morning cartoons anymore. That's just not a thing. It's every every moment could possibly be Saturday morning with uh, with. Fucking streaming services, right? So. But like, every know, day's a weekend. Where's my, uh, you know, uh, uh, where where are my incredibly talented animators who are influenced by Pirates of Dark Water in the nineties? Like, where's oh, yeah. your original IP? Where's the thing that you're passionate about and creating? Like, what what's what's happening there like you know the the things that give disney their power is all of the shit that they own all these ips that they own and they keep going back to the vault as opposed to going hey you've got a good idea let's make that kid friendly like that's basically what happened with invader zim right invader zim was a huge success it was never necessarily meant to be a kid-friendly thing. They just went to no. this comic book artist and was like, hey, can we make that kid-friendly? All right, let's fucking go. I, right, they're like, eh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Eh. Yeah, right. Like, maybe. Like, yeah. I, I, see what you're, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. But what if we made it an alien and... Had him have some human rival. 
<laughs> you know, uh, I'd love to see these major, you know, the the people who can afford to gamble on new IP are the companies who have all this goddamn money. And ironically, they're also the companies who play it the most safe and only do reboots only, you know, I'd love to see some of these larger uh, companies that have the money to sink into new IP development do exactly that. Like, let's let's see some new shit. Oh, Infinity Trains one. Yeah, Infinity Train is definitely one, and it is fucking outstanding. Uh, so I see more support for artists out of Cartoon Network than I see out of yeah. any other company. Oh yeah, yeah. But, but you know that, and 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 when with their, with their uh, Adult Swim stuff, I mean, like Primal. Like, who would have thought a show with a caveman and a dinosaur would be so emotionally compelling? <laughs> well, Kendi Tartakovsky uh, certainly knew. And uh, they, uh, Cartoon Network already knew to bet on him. Yeah, I know. But but still, I hadn't seen anything out of that guy in a while. Yeah, it, it, it had been a bit. Um, the, uh, but like from... From the conversation that oh, I had with uh, um, Chris McCullough and Doc Hammer, uh, the creators of Venture Brothers, uh, it seemed like Cartoon Network was kind of a safe haven for creativity, where like the reason that Venture Brothers can go years between seasons is because Cartoon Network recognizes the value of the creative process and, and things like that. And and helped them do that. Now, it's a completely different thing to be making that statement now that Adult Swim has fully canceled that series. But, you know, I mean, they started in 2001. And, Venture Brothers? Yes. And... It's going this... Okay. Yeah, and wow. they ended in 2020 with seven seasons. So yeah, they were crazy. granted a lot of space, a lot of wiggle room. Honestly, that's a, that's a pretty good testament to the quality of the show. You know, the fact that you can have seven seasons spaced out over what, 19 years, 20 years. Uh, and people are coming back and watching it. Now I'm trying to see, look at the other shows that are on adult swim right now. And I just, I don't even recognize any of them. Yeah, I I'm so tuned out on on what they're doing, because part of the whole like we will fund any creative endeavor and that mentality that they seem to have means that a lot of garbage gets out. I'm not a big fan of Squidbillies. They, for some reason, oh, revitalize so Squidbillies. Um I am a fan of Ballmasters 909, though. That show is hilarious. <laughs> Which still only has one season. Um, uh, your Pretty Face is Going to Hell is something that they've no, that had okay. going on for a while. Uh, but yeah, it's... I don't know. Uh, I We basically need more companies with money to burn, like Quibi, <laughs> to... <laughs> 
<laughs> throw all of that money into legitimate creative endeavors instead of, you know, recycling the same old hash shit. Because, yeah, that's the guaranteed sale, right? Like, the guaranteed sale is rehashing popular old things. But the risky sale is creating something new to be nostalgic about 10 years from now. And it's harder. Oh, go ahead. It's all about easy, you know, easy, uh, easy cashing in too. Cause like you bring a show, an old show back, you can sell the old stuff. Like again, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, uh, I can sell, I'm going to use DuckTales as an example. Cause I've seen a bunch of like DuckTales action figures and shit around. And it's like, Oh, look, you can buy new ones in this style, but then they have like the classic ones they'll release as well. Which I mean, I love because that means that I can be all nostalgic and shit about stuff. But you know, like, how do you sell? Like, what what do you sell with with a new thing right away? You know, like you you can't. And I, I think part of it part of it is too that just it's gotten so much more expensive to produce media than it used to be. I mean, especially is that like true? video games. I don't know. I feel, feel like it's easier. Yeah, I feel like it's gotten cheaper than ever to produce media. It depends. Because if you think like, about so like think about the original DuckTales versus DuckTales today, right? The original mm-hmm. DuckTales was cell animated. So that means that someone had to hand hand animate every cell. Uh, versus today where that process is greatly simplified because it's all done on computers. So the cost of doing these shows has gone down. The cost of doing a quality animated show has gone down tremendously. But I mean, what's where, uh, you know, the actual physical cost of making something has gone down. The cost of paying talent has gone way up. (laughs) Is that true? I don't think so. I think it has. And and in general, like it's become a little bit more lucrative as a like artists get paid pretty decently for these big shows. I'm not saying smaller shows. And I guess it's more in the I don't know that that's the case, man, because like the joke. Okay, so you want to go on on video game stuff. The joke that myself and my roommate uh, Joe uh, used to always have my, my old roommate Joe who uh, is a video game artist is that I make more money than him because I program and he draws yeah I mean that's kind of the program part the price of creating a triple A video game is way more expensive than it was in the nineties and early two thousands. Like, I mean, that just, may be true. Sure. That's extremely true. Like, but it's, those, those... So it's a lot easier to bet on a, some like on a remaster or a remake than it is to right. do a in, new in that context. Sure. Uh, but also, uh, the kind of other end of that is, the most lucrative entertainment space is video games, period. Um, And is only increasingly so. So uh, these companies are bringing in a whole lot of profit, just an obscene uh, amount of profit, which you can set aside an amount of that to gamble. And you should. 
Uh, an example of that would be uh, Grow Home. Grow Home was a great little gamble that just started as like a physics kind of playground. Uh, but uh, by EA, uh, but it was a, a ton of fun. It was a blast and it did very well. Uh, so much so that it actually got a sequel called Grow Up. Um, the, like, I feel like there needs to be, and it it's less so an issue in video games than it is in media in uh film and and cartoons and tv um we need to stop rebooting shit and invest in new ip Um, how about instead of rebooting in video games the issue is sequels like the top five most earned that's the thing though is like in video games i don't think it's as much of an issue the big issue, I think, is, you know, uh, okay, so we get another DuckTales. That's rad. We get another Darkwing Duck. That's rad, I guess. But why aren't we seeing uh, new things that push a bar like Adventure Time? Why aren't we seeing uh, more um, uh, Steven Universe and, and things like that? Uh, draw a line in, you know, in between these industries uh, because they're handling things very differently. A remaster on the side of video games means more than just a uh, bringing it into the current sort of social consciousness and kind of updating elements of it and maybe improving some of the gameplay. Uh, Like, those are all very tangible things to the experience with an original story that's largely untouched in a remaster or a remake. Uh, Whereas... On the film side of things, your interaction with it is minimal, so it essentially is kind of updating it for the times from a story standpoint. And so you'll see, you know, pretty major character changes <laughs> and, and things like that. Um, the I, I, I have nothing against remasters because gaming and gaming mechanics have come a long way over the time you know, that it takes for a remaster to warrant coming out. Whereas on the cartoon side, we're dealing with the same characters. We get to tell maybe some more modern tales, you know, whatever. My interaction with that medium is minimal. It's, it's a passive interaction. I guess I was more, I guess I made a little bit of a false equivalency between video game production and, and TV show production, just because I was more pointing out the, just the, it's easy. It's the easy, uh, easy cash because you, you don't have to put as much of a risk into a new or into a, something that you're rehashing compared to what you're right to a brand new IP. And it's kind of on both sides of things. That's why we're seeing fewer and fewer as we're going far beyond going along but you're probably right it probably has gotten a little bit cheaper with animation over the years oh it has definitely gotten cheaper i mean look at um you know all the behind the scenes stuff with south park right and actually i guess technically it may have gotten more expensive for them because they started with cardboard cutouts uh for all of their uh cardboard cutouts and stop animation basically to now all south park episodes are rendered in maya 3d 
which is entertaining, but like, you know, unnecessary. But over time, I'm sure that there is, you know, some money saved there because you create an asset and, you know, the reusability of assets and, and things like that. But That's true. That's a good point. Well, anyway, everyone needs to fucking stop doing rehashes and give us some new shit. <laughs> that's like a nice little bow on top. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and uh, that's an appropriate uh, place to end, lazy. Uh, to end this episode uh, as we have gotten to the end of this episode. Um, yeah, make new shit and take risks. Christ. Like I feel so- <laughs> the companies that have the most money in the world are the most risk averse and it doesn't make sense. Right. Like, uh, like I, I want to see like, you know, somebody at the helm with like a company with all this ridiculous money, just kind of go insane for like a week. It's Elon like, Musk is a great example of that. Business. He's like, we're doing this brain interface thing. Cool. No one asked you to. Are you <laughs> great? If that works out, that'll be wonderful. But like, really? You, the the SpaceX electric car guy is now going to wire into our brains? I'm here for it. But like, you know, spend your money oh, to innovate, not recycle. Christ. Anyway. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> those things. And, and. <laughs>